Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me... This Sometimes, time. yes, I know. <laughs> it's my co-host and cohort, Victor. It's like Adams. Mad Libs; you just put in a blank, and maybe that's the. Right. Uh, well, you've been here two weeks in a row, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Actually, we've done two shows pretty quickly here because we had to make up one mm-hmm. uh, when everybody was out of town, and then uh, a couple days ago, I guess, and then now we're back in the studio. So, right. good to be here again. You went on vacation. You have a good time. I did. Yeah, I got to see my folks and uh, my sister, and my nephews, and you know, of course, my brother-in-law. So it was good. So, yeah. yeah, down in Florida. Down in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. Did you hit the beach. We did for a day, well, just about a half a day. Yeah. Um, I recommend if you're going down there during July. Yeah. If you don't have a place down there, just go there early in the morning from eight to twelve, and then after that, go home. So did you pack your speedos, or was it full-on trunks? <laughs> no, man. I had like my vice look. I had like oh, kind of like you know like a board shorts and kind of like a little. Uh, linen kind of, you know, button up shirt. You <laughs> the know, braided chest hair with and all the, that. <laughs> the sunglasses, yeah. So, I hear you. I look like an ad for like Oakley. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're back, man. I'm glad you got time to spend time with your family. And yeah. I know it's enjoyable. Angel and I have been talking about going to the beach and we're trying to find some t- uh, time here before the summer's over. But uh, we have actually, you know, I was going this weekend to the CMLA, um, which is the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, mm-hmm. and went out there with a friend of ours here in town, Mike Bishop. and uh, it was a great weekend, you know, just watching all these other groups of men. There were a lot of local groups of men that were there figuring out how to do ministry better mm-hmm. or how to grow their conferences and things. And there were some other buddies of mine that were there, John Sablon and John Leonetti. Christophanic was there. We got to hang out some and Father Larry and other people. So it was a really rejuvenating weekend being around a lot of other men that are, you know, trying to live their life for the Lord and trying right. to be disciples in this world. And, uh, you know, really just coming home on the plane yesterday and after a couple of days of that, oftentimes in ministry, you don't, you, you have your head down, like you got your, your horse blinders on and you're just kind of in what you're doing and, and just focused on that. And a lot of times you forget to just really pour into your own spiritual life and, and be around other people to do that. Now we do that in our group on mm-hmm. a weekly basis, but it was nice to just get away for a weekend and not like to go do something for the ministry, but just to be there as a, as a supporting brother and, so it was great, and we did get a lot of things that came out of it. We got some opportunities to go speak at conferences, and uh, Chris Stevanik invited me out to Denver next month to go uh, to his house and record some shows and stuff, mm-hmm. so looking forward to that and getting to know him a little bit better. But great weekend, but I'm, I'm glad to be back in here. And, um, you know, Victor, as we always do at the beginning of the show, just want to say thank you to those that are uh, watching that have come over to YouTube. If you haven't yet and you're listening to this, that's fine, too. We don't care if you, you listen or watch. But if you do want to look at our ugly mugs, you can go to YouTube now. Uh, you can go to uh, YouTube and search Just a Guy in the Pew. Subscribe to our channel. What that means is when you go there, there's a little button that says subscribe. That'll make sure that you get a notification anytime that we put anything out. And we are putting other things out besides just the regular podcast. You know, we're going to have some live Q&As. We've got interviews with, you know, people like Peter Kraft and, Christophanic and all these other people we mentioned a minute ago, all that's there. We're going to have some other segments we're coming out with too. So if you want more of of you know stuff from just a guy on the pew mm-hmm. outside of the podcast too, go and, subs- and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can do that very easily again by going to YouTube, uh, searching just a guy on the pew, and then hitting that notification, that little uh, bell button when you when you see the videos. 
So um, next thing I want to say is thank you for those who have supported us. You know, we've been getting a lot of donations coming in, and there are folks that are choosing to give monthly. And look, I know it's hard out there right now, inflation and all this crazy. I saw a sign there today, you know, 7-Eleven gas station, the gas was 7-Eleven. You know, the prophecy was fulfilled. There you go. <laughs> but I know things are expensive out there, mm-hmm. but folks, thank you for giving. Um, and if you – you know, if you found this show to be something helpful and you love what we do and you want to support us, it's very easy to do so. You have two ways to do it. You can go to our website and sign up for our monthly membership where you can get all kind of stuff for signing up. It's $25 a month. You get your copy of The Narrow Road every month, the accompanying videos. You get the extras Victor and I do with deeper dives on the podcast and extra interviews with guests, all those things there. Um, and we're adding to that every day. You can support there by going there and joining the community. Or if you want to just give, you can do that. And you can do that by going to donorbox.org slash pew. You can become a monthly donor, an annual donor, a one-time donor, whatever you want to do. And it's easier now than ever because they have an option now where if you have Venmo or any of these pay apps now that I'm not real hip on, but apparently people like to use them, um, they're out there now. And it will pick that up and register if you're one of those. So you don't have to fill anything out. You just go in and pledge what you want to give and, and it'll automatically load your information and be able to to give so if you hadn't thought about supporting it we would love your support because it helps us to continue to grow what we're doing bring on people to help with the ministry and when we do that we're freed up to do more of the content and stuff that really helps people so again thank you for your support uh one other way that uh, we like to go out and help is through our missions um we talked about that a lot this week at victor at our men's thing uh, I go out and give three talks. It's called the Restored Parish Mission. It is literally calling people to become greater disciples of Jesus Christ, to understand that they're worth, that they're not the sum of their mistakes, but they're the sum of God's love for them. And it really talks about developing a relationship with Jesus Christ and how important that is to really living out our faith. And then after that, we do training for men, and we start men's groups. We just started one in Las Vegas two weeks ago. We've got stuff coming up over the next four months. We're going to parishes and building a place where fruit will last, not just coming in and giving a talk, but a place for men to find a, a, an ability to be together each and every week and grow in their faith, their relationships with each other and with Jesus. So you can find all of that at the book me page. You can see where we're going, what we're doing. If we're in an area near you, or if you want to invite us, you can do that there as well. So thank you for listening to all that folks. We like to get that out of the way on the front end and then jump into the stuff that God wants us to talk about. So Vic, glad to have you in here again, as I said, and, and, and honestly, the topic we're going to discuss today and really the what's been on my mind since I got back from that event is, you know, just being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both know that there's a difference in being a disciple and, and, and not. If someone who just, I'm going through the motions, uh, I'm doing things that I'm supposed to do, that's not being a disciple of Jesus, right? That's maybe a place to start, but eventually we have to become someone who is sold out for Jesus. And it sounds cliche and it sounds boring and it sounds you know uncomfortable and 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 sounds impossible maybe even for some right. but this is what jesus calls us to and in our readings from this past sunday uh really talk about that and it talks about the difference between being a slave to the world and a disciple of jesus christ and i think there's so many of us out there that think that we're truly following jesus but if we really examine our lives we're still a slave to a lot of the things of the world well it- Going back to what you're saying on the slave of the world is pretty much basically saying that, yes, you you, you are um, concerned about where your heart lies within your faith, but also you spend more time to what's going on in the world. 
And sometimes those things in the world dictate your choices. And that's sure. kind of what is, we're talking about is like, make sure the world doesn't dictate your services of to who you need to put your energy towards. Mm-hmm. You know, always make sure that your, your, your energy is put towards increasing your faith, but also developing a greater sense of, of, of community with your neighbor and mm-hmm. also your family. And that's kind of what we're, we're going to delineate, I guess, obviously sure. we're going to talk about is, is how do I become more closer to God and how do I push away things in the world that are like caving in on me you right know? yeah and a lot of that i mean it's uncomfortable stuff i mean we we all love jesus when when it's easy bible verses and mm-hmm. it's you know all jesus loves you and go be nice to other people and follow you know frolicking through the tulips kind of stuff makes you feel good but when we come to those readings where you're really being challenged i mean and you i, I know i've felt this in my life before mm-hmm. before i started really trying to walk fully for the lord i don't do it well as well as i should all the time but but there is a difference, and you can feel like those readings that you start to get uncomfortable in church kind of sink down in your pew a little right. bit more, and you know you're trying to tune out all of a sudden, and you start feeling hot all over. And it's usually because it's something the Lord's trying to tell you. It's an invitation in those moments that yes, I'm talking to you. I'm not just talking to everybody else around you. And yeah, you may think because you're going through this checklist every week mm-hmm. of things that you've done that are nice for other people or or, or means of service that. You're really living for me, but I see inside of your heart, right? And I know what's in there and I know how many times that you choose things over me. And I know how many times that you've been given opportunities to talk about me and you don't. I know how many times that you've chosen, you've chosen that Netflix, you know, binging show that you've been on forever instead of praying or reading Mm -hmm. scripture or spending time with me. I know how many times all these things in your heart are competing with me. And we're all very good at putting on masks and putting up fronts, right? And the sad thing is, I mean, Jesus is very vocal in, in so many different parts of the scriptures we've talked about before about, yeah, you can live your life that way. But I see your heart. You know, it mm-hmm. says Jesus or the Lord sees the heart of man, right? It says that in scripture. He sees inside of the man. And we have to remember that in our lives because if not, we're going we're gonna to live a life where we've convinced ourselves that we're just going to, you know, our time will be called and we'll, you know, ride up the elev- you know, escalator to heaven and right. hit the gate, and Peter just kind of nods at you, gives you a thumbs up, and you go on in, and life's good. But we know that Jesus says, no, you actually have to live this. What, you, what came to my mind when you were talking about you know, Scripture and hearing yeah. Scripture is kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a hacksaw Jim Duggan taking two by four to your face and going, listen, you know, pay attention. You know, kind of whacking you out of your yeah. own selfishness. Excellent. You know? Right. Because you did that. You did a thumbs up. That's, that's why I'm right. smiling. But the yeah, thing he is, crawls out there. I better right. do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing about hearing and, and, and reading scripture, it's like medicine, you know, yeah. and, and, and not all medicine tastes good because, yeah. you know, but because we're, we're, it's healing ourselves. And so we, we hear stuff on the, in the scriptures about things we've done wrong. We know exactly what it's talking about. We, like you said, when you kind of, crouch down into the pew you're going okay that was me just, yeah just a few hours ago yelling yeah. at my wife my kids because i was frustrated with what's going on you know yeah or i wasn't patient with somebody when like i'm behind someone going to mass and i'm honking at them they're turning and it turns out they're going to the same park place i am you know how embarrassing sure. is that i've done that before <laughs> yeah i have to where i park next to someone <laughs> going sorry yeah sorry you know? bill right and, and that's, finger. Right. And that's the thing is that that, that combination I of meant that. to wave all five. Right. <laughs> that's right. Luckily, I never got that because Christy go. usually calmed me down. But but we, we, we have a tendency to kind of that tightrope walk of like, you know, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden, like you said, something happens, you know. Yeah. And, and like even when we're in the midst of a homily, we're listening to a homily, 
we, we receive the good news, but we also know that it's bitter because we know that we're at fault for a lot of behaviors right. we're doing. Yeah. Well, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves to mm-hmm. a degree, right? Like you're looking at this stuff and, and, and honestly, you have, you have to come to a part, point in your life when you go, if you're sitting here thinking it's easy to be a Christian, then you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the hard truth of it is if I find that like, Oh yeah, I love Jesus. And I, you know, and, and everything seems to be going well and all this, it's easy to follow him. Then, then you haven't read the same gospel that I've read, right? You haven't read the same scripture that I've read because it's not easy to follow Jesus. No. I mean, we talked yeah. last week about suffering and some of the trials I've been going through lately, just sharing and some of the ones you've been going through and, and being a Christian isn't easy. We're not promised it is. In fact, we're promised the opposite of that, that it's going to be tough, that it's going to be hard, that you're going to be constantly questioned, that there is spiritual warfare. There is a devil coming after you all the time in your life, trying to trip you up and to get you to quit believing in Jesus Christ and believing in your worth and your identity as a mm-hmm. beloved son and all, or daughter, if you're listening, and you're a woman. That is all real. But it's so much easier for us to just compartmentalize all that stuff and go, no, I just want the buddy Christ, right? I want the ease of the gospel. I want the, the um, what do they call it? The uh, pro- They talk about Protestants say that sometimes. The, the uh, what is it? Something gospel. Um, oh, the. Uh, Jeff, you know what I'm talking about. No, not the health of the. Uh, prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, yes. yeah. I know, we We're, say a lot, but. We, yeah. It's, it's. It's good to hear good news, but but like you have to also hear the truth too, in yeah. the sense of that. Yeah, I, it is. I get what you're saying. It is yeah. the truth. Yeah. The truth is what right. sets us free, and it's what right. sets us apart. And so, like you know, the, the readings from the the Sunday I was talking about, you know, it starts off with first talking about Elijah mm-hmm. in the Old Testament when he goes to follow Elijah, and you have a middle reading where Paul is talking to the Galatians, and I want to start off there because. You know, the first thing he says is, brothers and sisters, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And I think we need to stop there for a second because I don't think that many of us look at our lives mm-hmm. as that we have a yoke of slavery on us, right? We, we look at it as we're free. We can do what we want, whatever we want. We live in the United States. We've got all this stuff and means and uh, abilities to do whatever we want. But we don't realize how enslaved we are to so many things that the devil has come and, and got his, his claws into us in so many different ways, whether it is spending all my time bending show, binging shows. and Right. Or, or looking at Facebook and wondering how come I can't afford to go on vacation. These people Right. Are on. There's yeah. so many different right. ways that we become slaves of things. Yeah. Our phones are a great example. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, um, our own pride and ego. All of these things are out there that the devil just, they're, they're arrows in his quiver that he uses to just take us further away from Jesus. And, we don't look at it as slavery because in the United States, we've just looked at these things as comforts, right? These are parts of my life I deserve and they make my life better and, and it's enjoyable. But anything that takes you away from Christ is, is a bad thing. And now, you know, folks may say, well, what about my family? You know what? Your family is something that is, is one of the most important things to us, but it's not more important than God. Mm-hmm. I have to love God more than I love my wife. I have to love my, my God more than I love my children. I have to love God more than anything else. Now, the trick to that is when you love God properly, you are loving your family and your children the way that you're supposed to, right? Because of that love for him. But the thing is, we, we don't always do those things well because we're distracted by so many other things that we don't even realize what we're enslaved to. And really, when you find out is when you hear hard readings, like we're going to talk about in a minute, and they sting, right? That you know, give what you have, sell everything you have and follow me. Like, "Mm, I don't want to give up my boat. I don't want to give up my money. I don't want to give up my fancy clothes or my car or, 
my extra TV outside or whatever it is. I don't want to give up those things. Those hurt. I don't want that. Whatever that is that you're, you're holding back is something that you're, you're generally enslaved to, right? We don't look at it that way, but if there's something that we even really have a, a significantly hard time looking at versus giving to Jesus, it, it's a sign that it's something in our life that's caused us trouble. Yeah. So Paul goes on to say, you know, you're called to freedom, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he talks about going on biting and devouring one another and beware that we're not consumed by another. And he says, live by the Spirit and you will certainly not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. The world and Jesus don't right. mesh. They don't match. They're never going to work together. Right? The world we see, it's more of a messed up place now. And look, Roe versus Wade was just overturned. You know, praise be to Jesus Christ on the sacred heart of our Lord, that feast. But you can see how angry and how what a division has come in the last few days between the world mm -hmm. and its beliefs and I should do what I want and the mistaken and, uh, ideas of freedom that, that people have and not understanding it. Freedom is the freedom to choose, yeah, but to choose rightly, you know, and not to choose rightly is an abuse of that, of that will, of that choice, right, of that gift that God has given us. That's a separate subject, but it's a great way to picture that you can't serve Jesus and the world, that there is a difference, and that it's a major difference. So Paul talks about all these things, and we see in the first reading with Elisha, you know, here comes Elijah walking down the road, and Elisha, Elisha, not Elijah, sees him, and immediately says, wait, let me go say bye to my, you know, my family, and I'm going to come follow you. And then he slaughters you know, the, the 12 oxen that were driving his plow, he says that he, he takes it all and he burns it all and he cooks the food and then gives it to people. Mm -hmm. And he follows Elijah, which means he's following the Lord for the rest of his life, but, you know, his service through there. Then you go to the gospel and it's the reading where, you know, and we also had it on Monday, the day after too, but it talks about Jesus journeying towards Jerusalem and someone comes up to him and says, I want to follow you. And he tells him, Hey, look, you know, foxes, you know, foxes um, have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Like, right then and there, it's going to be hard. Do you know yeah. what you're asking for, right? Because all this other stuff that you want to give up, it's not going to be as easy to give up as you think it is. And, oh, by the way, it's hard following me. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight. I don't know. Now, he was God, and he knew, obviously. Right. But, but he's saying, like, this isn't the life that's ease and comfort and all these things mm -hmm. that you may want. He goes on to say, another person says, you know, um, let me go and bury my first and bury my father. Now, this is the point where people might go, is Jesus a jerk? Like, why is he being so mean? Because mm -hmm. he answers this guy and he says, let the dead bury their dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, to most people, I mean, like, Jesus is being a jerk. Did he wake up on the wrong side of the mat, you know, or whatever this morning? Yeah. Like, what's going on with him? But again, he's trying to say, like, there are priorities to things. I, I must be the most important thing in your life, and mm -hmm. if I'm not, then you're not really following me, right? right? You've got to understand this. And then finally, um, you know, another said, I'll follow you. And he says, let me say bye to my family. And he says, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks at what's left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. This is a direct reference to that Old Testament of, Eli mm -hmm. of Elisha leaving the plow behind. This is what it, it means to be a disciple. We can't fake this. We either, when we're called by the Lord and we truly meet him, mm -hmm. there's no turning back. There's no, well, Lord, let me take a little bit of this. Let me take a little bit of that. I mean, again, he goes to the disciples, sends them out, the 72, and says, take nothing with you. Not an extra cloak, not an extra cane, not an extra staff, any of that. Just go. That's what we're called to as disciples, and that's why it's so hard. 
right? This is why people have difficulty in trying to do this. Well, when that scripture kind of brings back to the point where, where Christ, and help me with this, where he says you're equally yoked, like yeah. he's, he's there yeah. with you. And, and I know we did a show about this earlier. It's the same thing is that what he's saying, obviously, it's very interpreted very easily, is that when, you, when you're set to work, you focus on what's in front of you. You know, yeah. you don't go to work and then you look back behind you what's going on because you're, you're going to mess up what's going on sure. for you. And so with Christ being equally yoked is like he's going to help you be steady. You know, right. yes, there's work to be done in, while you're here on this earth, you know, in the kingdom here on earth. And, and you, everything you do is for the greater good. You know, yeah. he's going to help you that. Um, but, you know, if you're yoked with Christ, you're not going to look back. Yeah. Because he's there with you the whole way. You're not lonely. You're not looking for something other than him because he's right there with you. Sure. Well, I mean, there. look, we're we're all imperfect and we right. fall and we fail. We don't do everything the way we're supposed to. And it's not about being perfect. Yeah. It's about saying, I give you my life and I mean it. Right. Like it's coming to understand what's been done for us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, we can look at like this crucifix here and go, isn't that nice? You know, it's a pretty one. It doesn't have all the cuts and the and all the stuff on it. And, you know, it doesn't look that unpleasant. But it, this is he what just, Jesus did for he us. He just fell asleep. Right, yeah, yeah. he just, oh, how nice. That didn't hurt him at all. Right, That's not the truth. Mm -hmm. And and we get so clouded when we become slaves of the world that we forget the truth of what's been done for us and the great links and and the cost of what happened for us, what had to happen for us because of things that we did not do right, right, that we chose other things besides God. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we have the danger of falling again constantly in our life to choosing other things but him. But when we make ourselves remember what that actually was and what it actually means, then we start to remember the gravity of what's been done for us. And when you truly understand that, and when that becomes not just something up here, but a part of your heart, mm-hmm. a longing, like that force remembering. Every time I go to communion, I try my best to like ask Mary to get my heart ready as I go to to, to receive her son. Because it's not a small thing. It's right. a huge thing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. something that deserves a response right. in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I go back to the pew, I, I mean, this weekend at this thing, I, I, I cried several times during Mass because I just was like remembering what had been done for me. And I try to do that every day and go, this isn't just bread. This isn't just wine. This isn't just me walking up here to get a Twinkie or something, right? This is this is our, our Lord who has given us everything. Mm-hmm. And that demands an equal offering and sacrifice of our own lives of giving him everything. And anything less than that is not a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're playing followers of Jesus. We're playing Christians. But to be a true Christian means choosing Jesus in the hard things of our life each and every day. When it's not easy for us, when it's hard, when it puts us against our family, when we have to lose things. These are all things he told us would happen, but there's an immeasurable joy that comes on the backside of being a disciple. But we have to make our mind up that we're not going to be slaves to the world anymore. Mm-hmm. And this means the very things you don't want to give up. Guys are probably listening right now, and in, in, in your head, you're already things are popping in your head. I don't want to give up my video games. I don't want to give up my porn. I don't want to give up these friends that I really like hanging out with that I know that are bad for me. I don't want to get, those are the things he wants the most. And that's what's demanded, right? That's what he's asking for. And Jesus deserves to get whatever he's asked us for, Mm -hmm. no matter how hard it is. And look, I don't want to sit here and pretend like this is some small matter, right? That it's easy. Like I get up every day and go, Jesus, whatever you want, yours. It hurts. (laughs) Sometimes it sucks, 
right? Sometimes it flat out sucks. You're like, dang, Jesus, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask for that one. Mm -hmm. I really was hoping you wouldn't ask for it. I don't want to give you control of my money because then I'm not in control of it. But this is, this is the test, right? This is the, the choices we have to make each and every day. And it's what it really means to be a disciple. It's a total commitment to Jesus and detachment from anything else that keeps us from him. It's total subordination to the will of God. Mm -hmm. And this is what we've seen in Elijah that day. Boom, I'm going. I'm saying bye to everybody, I'm leaving. Peter dropped his nets and followed Jesus all the way to being crucified upside down. Did he deny him? Did he fall? Yes. But he got back up with those mistakes and he still gave his life to him. You look at Paul. Right? He's killing Christians. I mean, what a 180 people. But Paul did what? Saul is what? He's now called Paul. And he's not killing Christians anymore. He's one of them. He left all his power and position and all those things behind because he met Jesus and he didn't want anything else in his life. You know what? He wanted to follow him with everything that he had. This is what it means to be Jesus, to follow Jesus. And it may seem intimidating, but each and every one of us are given more, mm -hmm. more than those guys before were given. To be able to do this, we get to go to Mass every single day and receive our Lord in communion, in Holy Communion. We get to receive His very body and blood. And He gives us the strength to do these things and to be the people He's called us to. Because we talked about before last week, there is no plan B, right? We're it. Mm -hmm. And whether we choose to serve Him or not is whether thousands of people will come to know Him or not by how we've lived our life. So let's talk about real quick, Victor, like how to, how to figure this out. So maybe you're somebody driving right now and you feel like, well, man, I want to go you know, run off the road right now because you just convinced me I'm not a disciple and I don't know what to do and I feel horrible about myself. Well, welcome to the club. It's yeah. something that I feel every day that I'm not giving the Lord enough it's of a, my life. It's a pretty large club. It yeah, is. Right. right. You're not the only guy sitting in a room. Right. You're in a wide room with a lot of people. But, I mean, the first thing I would do is start to question myself. I would say, you know, is going to church and living my faith just something on my to-do list, right? Is it just like, all right, it's, sun, it's the weekend – I'm doing this, got to take kids to birthday parties, got to go to Mass at some point, da-da-da-da-da-da. Or is it, is it I'm living my faith, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying this rosary because I want to know Jesus better. Uh, I'm doing this novena because I want to grow in my knowledge of the Lord. Um, I'm going through these things and doing these things because I know it's what keeps me right. being a disciple. Or I'm stopping by adoration, you know, do right. 15 minute adoration during my lunch hour, you know. Right, so, not to know. just check a, a list or right. a box to make myself feel good, but this is something I'm doing because I know that it's what keeps me walking in, in in the ways of a disciple. Mm -hmm. So we've got to ask ourselves that. Two, can I see where I'm voluntarily pursuing and choosing Jesus on my own, right? Again, like, am I doing this because I love him and I want to be with him? Or am I doing it because somebody else told me to? Or it's what my parents did? Or I've got kids and it gives me a sense that I'm raising them in the right way by sitting them in a pew for an hour and hoping it rubs off. Mm -hmm. Or am I doing these things because I love the Lord and I'm seeking him in my life? Three, am I eliminating the things that I know are keeping me from them? Do I feel those pings and those pains when I know I'm doing things that Jesus wouldn't like? Do I keep doing them? Do I keep burying it and going, I didn't feel that. I didn't see that squirrel. Mm -hmm. Or am I, am I really saying this is something in my life that I got to give up? Right? Because this is the test. That's the hard part is giving up those things. That's when you become different from the young rich man that walked away is when you don't walk away and you give those things voluntarily to the Lord. You know, am I willing to give up what he's asking for? The hardest things in my life. Sounds like the one before, but it, it, it's another question, right? It's one thing to realize them, but am I going to say yes when he wants them? And am I going to do what I need to do to give them to him? Five, if I ask you to write down, you know, Victor, guys watching, the three things in your life that are most important to you, would Jesus be one of them? 
I mean, most of us would probably go, yeah, yeah, he would be after some erase marks mm-hmm. and we put him back at the top. It would probably be my wife, my kids, my job, my family, those things, all good things. But if we don't have Jesus at the top of that list and it's, it's disordered mm-hmm. and we don't understand our priorities, if we don't understand our priorities and there's no way in hell that we're living as a disciple. This is what we have to do. I know today might have seemed harsh. It might have seemed like, dang, John, thanks. Don't go to a conference again because you made us all feel like crap. But it's it's the truth. And our job, Victor, as brothers in Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, is to share the truth. Mm-hmm. Not the cookie cutter, easy to swallow, you know, give me give me some sugar and lemon with that stuff the world wants to put out there. There is a call of our Lord for people to give their lives fully and to truly follow him. And when we do that, we find the greatest joy we've ever had in our life. It's hard. There's sacrifices, but it's what's been asked of us. And as we can see, that's what that's our deserved response to what's been asked of us. So, guys, if you're out there today and you're struggling with this, don't give up hope. Sit down. Start praying to the Lord. And, and it doesn't have to be some Shakespearean thing, right? It can just be something that, Lord, I don't know if I'm really following you in my life. I want to. And if I'm not, show me the places where I'm not. Lord, give me the grace and the courage to be strong and to admit the places I need you further in my life. And then just start having those conversations. Jesus said, I am not, you are no longer slaves, but my friends. We need to look at the Lord as a friend, right? He is still Lord. He is still the God of the universe, but at the heart of it, he is our friend. And he desires to help you get rid of the things in your life that are keeping you from him so you can follow him. So guys, do that in your life. Ask yourself these questions. Take it to prayer. Start to talk to Jesus himself about it. And ask yourself, am I I a slave of the world or a disciple of Christ? So Victor, let's take that all to prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, so many of us go about our life thinking we are really your disciples. If we are honest, though, most of us are still slaves to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Help us to heed your words about setting our hands to the plow without looking back. And Lord, whenever we think we're truly living as disciples, give us the courage to really examine if that is the truth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.